Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. I am super excited. We're going to be talking with Nancy Murphy. She is the founder and president of CSR Communications. And our title for today's episode is Effective Communication for Influence and Persuasion. Ooh. So before we get started, I want to share a few resilience resources and reminders. And as follows news, you can always recommend a guest for our podcast. Go to asfollowsadvisors.com slash decoded, scroll down, and the application is there for you to make a recommendation. We also have a, a five-step crisis strategy that you can download, and you can use that to navigate any business through any crisis in any industry. Go to bit.ly slash the number five-step crisis. And if you'd like to request me, your host, as a speaker for an, an upcoming program, you can also do that at bit.ly slash Vanessa Matthews with one T. In Disaster Recovery Journal News, they host a webinar every Wednesday. You can find that on their website at drj.com slash webinars. And for access to the journals, you can go to drj.com slash events and also see upcoming conferences. Lastly, if you enjoy our podcast, which we know you do, please leave us and rate a review on Apple Podcasts. We want to hear more from you. It helps us to identify more listeners and get the word out. And it also helps us to know that we're adding value to you. So let's go ahead and dig right in and meet our guest, Nancy. How are you doing? I'm great, Vanessa. How are you today? I'm doing good. It's not uh, too hot outside. It's not too cold. It's just, it's, it's just right. Just right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Right. So look, I was preparing for our conversation and I was excited when I learned about your background. And from what I saw, you teach entrepreneurs how to move across their organizations from box checker to game changer. You created the Entrepreneurs Influence Lab. I can't wait to learn more about that. And you are known for strategic thinking, forging effective partnerships, which is key in our space for communicating complex concepts, bringing vision to reality. And in your 20 plus year career, you have worked with organizations like UPS, Johnson Controls, Freddie Mac, Kellogg Foundation. Um, so I wanted to just start by asking, I mean, tell me a little bit about how risk applies to your world. <laughs> yeah, well, just like probably anyone, we all have risk when it comes to, do we have the people that we need to deliver the results that we've promised to our clients? Are we making the investments early enough, but not too early that we need to grow our businesses so we don't get sort of too far ahead where, of where the revenue is coming? And what reputational risks do we have? And right now, I think in today's world, every day I'm reading more and more about 
the expectations of various stakeholders across business organizations, you know, nonprofit organizations, community groups, government, not just shareholders, not just voters or citizens or program participants, but all the stakeholders who have expectations of us in a variety of areas. And how do we meet all those when they sometimes are competing? Fusion Risk Management is your North Star for operational resilience. The Fusion Framework System provides a foundation that enables you to understand how your business works, how it breaks, and how to put it back together again, which allows you to make data-driven decisions so you can anticipate, prepare, respond, and learn through business disruptions and major crisis events. Head to the link in our show notes to request a demo today. Fusion Risk Management, building a more resilient world together. So you seem like you focus on entrepreneurs. I'm curious, what about your background led you into this space? I found myself over and over again in those intrapreneurial roles, those people who are brought in or who find themselves leading change within their organization. And I sort of learned the hard way of what works, maybe what doesn't work so well, you know, starting from my Catholic schoolgirl days back in the Midwest in Columbus, Ohio, where I was challenging the stereotypes and the messages we were getting about girls and young women. Mm-hmm. And after just finding myself in those roles over and over again, kind of challenging the status quo, I thought, hmm, I've learned some lessons here and I could probably share those lessons with others so that maybe they don't have to learn them the same way I did and they can shortcut their own success so that we get the change in the world we want faster. So I started as an, as an entrepreneur and then I moved into an entrepreneur. And so, you know, I think the big word is really the influence and managing and working with different types of people. Um, But also like, it's okay to not want to be an entrepreneur. You can grow and build from, you know, within whatever group or organization that you're a part of. So I appreciate that focus because I don't know that there's too many people that really take a look at what about the person that's influencing change from within? Yeah. And you know what? I call those folks the unsung heroes of organizational change because they're often not celebrated. They're often seen sometimes as the troublemaker or the agitator inside their organization. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we need entrepreneurs and we need intrapreneurs because entrepreneurs impact will be small at first. And for a lot of us, it's, you know, we're never going to scale to be huge and have, but if we look at government at all levels, if we look at some of our big corporations, if we can shift those organizations, we're going to have impact at scale right away. Absolutely. So this term influencer, uh, it's been taking on a lot of different meetings. Um, and, you know, I talked to my, I have a nephew and when I say the word influencer, there's an image that pops into his mind versus if I say it, there's an image that pops into my mind. And so yeah, I'm guessing his is the TikTok star, the Instagram. Of Somebody <laughs> from YouTube or Twitter yeah, exactly. or Instagram. <laughs> right. So um, what does influence mean to you? And what does it mean to be an influencer within an organization? So to me, influence is really about how we learn to connect with, communicate to, and have an impact on others. So that to me is influence. Now, I suppose you can do that 
via fun videos on TikTok, or you can do it inside your organization by learning to craft a clear, compelling vision that resonates with others, and then communicating that compelling vision in a way that enrolls others in it and having your point of view heard, understood, and respected. I liked the enroll others in your vision because I feel like in our profession, we are the ones that have to help to communicate and raise the visibility of the risk and then encourage people to do something with that information and to take action. And sometimes, depending on your title within an an organization, people may not enroll. (laughs) Yeah, yep. Um, So I love that framework or the concept that you laid out there. Yeah, and I always say that entrepreneurs, being an entrepreneur does not equal a certain title or a certain level within an organization. We all have informal authority and formal authority. You know, there's positional power and then there's the informal power. And so one of the things we teach people is how to map the centers of power in their organization. And, you know, again, that doesn't mean having to have a formal title. In some cases, when you don't have a formal title, that sort of allows you to operate and navigate in different ways because you don't maybe have as much visibility, but that gives you benefits in other ways. Yep, absolutely. So when I think about influence, being persuasive to me is like the first cousin of influence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What are some contexts within an organization where someone might need to be persuasive? Well, let's just look at the last two years (laughs) and all of the opportunities, let's frame them as opportunities, not challenges, all the opportunities that we've had to influence within our organizations, whether that's how do we have organizations that are more diverse, equitable, inclusive? How do we influence around public health practices and protocols, new ways of working, And I think if we look at the the last couple of years, you know, when the status quo is totally imploded, (laughs) for better or worse, it, you know, things that we previously believed were impossible, we've now seen are possible. Mm -hmm. And so I think that just creates all sorts of opportunities. And if we look at the risk space in particular, I mean, even in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, you know, we talk about this idea of the sameness tax. Right. So to me, that's a risk. What's the penalty you're already paying for too much sameness in your organization? If we look at the increased impact of climate change and the policies and practices and investments that we need to make in our organizations to handle that, to mitigate it, and to try to create a world that is safer from that. Well, there's tons of influence opportunity that needs to happen around that. So I think we've had many, many chances in the last couple of years, especially to use our persuasion and influence inside organizations. So when you think about those opportunities that we've had, what are some of the skills that you believe someone needs to be persuasive and how do they build those up, build better? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say it's a mix of mindsets and skills. 
right? So the openness, the curiosity, that mindset, being as open to change and to input and feedback as we want others to be in those conversations. You know, it. one of the things I teach all the time is to influence others. We first have to be open to being influenced. Mm. And part of that, this is a skill that we can hone and learn, is perspective taking, mm. right? So how do we learn others' dreams, desires, fears, motivations, anxieties? Right. And how do we use that as a way to frame our positions, our our arguments, if we want to think about them that way, so that we're influencing others because we understand where they are. And so that perspective taking is an important skill. Empathy and compassion. I mean, that is so important in our world right now. It is key to influence. I often call empathy the Swiss army knife (laughs) for change leaders. And then, you know, finally, communication in the broadest sense, right? So not not just the sort of formal communication planning, but really that interpersonal conversational communication, how to really craft that compelling vision that I mentioned earlier, and then communicate it in a way where the language and the tone and the style really resonates with others. And so, you know, we offer lots of formal ways for people to build those skills, whether they're free things like our weekly ingenious nuggets that people can consume in two minutes or less, all the way to our Entrepreneurs Influence Lab, which is a six-month program for change leaders. But I always tell people one of the best ways to learn and hone these skills is by observing others. So every day, we've got millions of opportunities to observe and identify people who do this well, who have these skills, and really pay attention to what they're doing and how they're interacting with others. And then we can model that. I love that. We, um, we always say in our company, do they see what you're saying? Mm, yes. Love and that. So many visions go unrealized because people don't see what you're saying. I felt like as an entrepreneur, you know, people say, well, what's it like? And I'm like, I feel like I'm being plucked. I'm being pruned. I'm always admitting where I'm wrong. It's always apologizing. It's always looking at you. It's -hmm. always, what could I have done? Did we do this right? And it doesn't always feel good because it's a lot about you. Your, your business can't grow. If things about you don't grow your, your mindset, right? Like I can't, lead people if I'm not open to first following people. Yes. Um, and, and so I, I love the components that you kind of, you know, mapped out about the mindset and the skill set because mm-hmm. they do come hand in hand. Cause it's like, you, you, you gotta get there with your mind, but then the execution is the skill set. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> so I can appreciate that. Um, you have a lot of resources that are available. And I, you know, in our green room talk, you mentioned something that would be of value to our listeners. Can you share uh, where can they go to find more about you and particularly some resources that we can share with them in our show notes? Absolutely. So our website, csrcommunications.com, there's a free resources tab and there are lots of things there, including the resource I mentioned that we developed in 2020 in partnership with Philanthropy for Active Civic Engagement called Crisis is Catalyst, 
a conversation starter for reimagining what's next. And the best thing about that, this is a tool for really any organization can use it to sort of pull themselves out of the reaction mode when a crisis happens to really be more proactive in all of the phases of disaster preparation and preparedness, if we want to think about it that way. And so there are a whole bunch of questions in there that organizations can use to really reimagine their future instead of just reacting to a crisis. So that's one. And then I'm very active on LinkedIn, um, Nancy A. Murphy there, and would love to connect with folks on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Well, anytime there's a resource full of questions, I jump on it because I feel like you can just never ask enough questions. <laughs> so, Nancy, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. It's been a great pleasure to have you today. Thank you so much for having me, Vanessa. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.